Hello, and welcome to the History of Comic Books podcast, Episode 1, The Golden Age. The Golden Age of comic books is considered to have taken place between 1938 and 1945. While the exact end in 1945 is not quite known, as it mostly ties in with the end of World War II, there is no question when it began, with the debut of Action Comics number 1 in June of 1938, featuring the debut of Superman. Created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster from a mix of pulp heroes like John Carter and Doc Savage, along with a nice mix of the origin of Moses, he quickly became one of the most popular characters ever invented, and it wasn't long before the comic book readers started asking, where is the comic book with Superman in it? However, his publisher wasn't, was slow on the uptake, with him not even returning to the action comics till issue number 7, and then finally taking over the series in issue number 11. Pretty soon he had his own comic in the summer of 1939 with Superman number one, which mostly reprinted his first appearance in action comics from number one to four. With Superman starting the superhero craze, it wasn't long before everyone starting demanding their own and even more, including his own publisher. As a result, Bob Kane and Bill Finger were tasked with creating one for detective comics, and the result was Batman. Like Superman, he was created with a mix of pulp heroes like Zorro and the Shadow, along with an image of Leonardo da Vinci's Man in the Glider. He debuted in Detective Comics number 27 on May of 1939 and was an instant success, as he would also get his own comic in Batman number 1 of spring of 1940, which debuted two of his chief villains, the Joker and Catwoman. Marvel Comics number 1 debuted in October-November of 1939 under Timely, the company that would be eventually become Marvel itself. It featured the debut of Namor the Submariner and the original Human Torch, who was at the time an android whose skin caught fire when it came into contact with the air. Wiz Comics number 2 also debuted at that time and featured the first appearance of Captain Marvel by C.C. Beck and Bill Parker, who today is known as Shazam. Of interesting note, DC would sue his publisher, Fawcett, over copying Superman, though it was really the other way around, as Captain Marvel was already flying while Superman still was still just leaping tall buildings in a single bound. He would later get his own comic, Captain Marvel's Adventures, number one, in January of 1941. Flash Comics, number one, appeared on November 20th, 1939, featuring the first appearance of the fastest man alive, originally Jay Garrett. The Spirit by Will Eisner debuted as a comic strip in February of 1940 and was notable for its more mature and violent content. In March of 1940, classic pulp heroes like The Shadow and Doc Savage got their own comic book. New York World's comic debuted in 1940 and features the first time Batman, Robin, and Superman appeared on the cover together. The Spectre by Jerry Siegel in More Fun Comics number 52 debuted in 1940, while Our Man appeared in Adventure Comics number 8. Robin first appeared in Detective Comics number 38 in April of 1940 with the intention of being the Watson to Batman's Sherlock Holmes and also to appeal to younger readers. The Alan Scott Green Lantern debuted in All-American Comics number 16 on July of 1940. The Adam debuted in American Comics ni- number 19 on October 1940. Marvel Mystery Comics number 9 appeared on July of 1940, featuring the first team up with the Submariner and the Human Torch. Other big-name publishers started having their characters debut in comics as well, such as Walt Disney Comics and Stories in number 1 in 1940. Superheroes started to appear in other mediums as well, such as the Superman radio show, which debuted in 1940 with Bud Collier as Superman and featured the first appearances of Perry White and Jimmy Olsen, along with the concept of kryptonite. Other genres of comic books started to debut as well, as with War Comics number 1 and Red Rider Comics number 1, the first devoted entirely to Westerns. 
All-Star Comics number two appeared in 1940 and featured the debut of the JSA, otherwise known as the Justice Society of America, which included the first lineup of The Flash, Green Lantern, The Spectre, Our Man, Hawkman, Dr. Fate, The Sandman, The Atom, and Johnny Thunder. What's most notable, this team is still being published today, and that lineup is more or less the same. Not a bad run for a team. In March of 1941, Captain America number one debuted by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, with our star-spangled hero famously punching out Hitler on the cover. They would leave after a few issues due to a contract dispute, with a then 17-year-old intern named Stanley Lieber taking over, who would later be known as Stan Lee. All Winners number one appeared in 1941, which was only featured the first team-up of Captain America, the Human Torch, and the Submariner, but also debuted the Young Allies, the sidekicks of Captain Torch, and Bucky and Toro. In 1941, another war comic appeared called Military Comics number one, featuring the first appearance of the Blackhawks, DC's famous flying squadron. Police Comics number one debuted in 1941, featuring the first appearance of Pet Plastic Man by Jack Cole, and will get his own series in 1943. The first girl comics appeared with Calling All Girls number one in September of 1941. Classic literature also appeared in comics with Classic Comics number one in October of 1941. In September of 1941, Superman made his cartoon debut with a classic series from Fleischer Studios. The Green Arrow and Aquaman first appeared in More Fun Comics number 73 on November of 1941. Archie, the classic character and current star of the CW series Riverdale, made his first appearance in Pet Comics number 22 on December of 1941 by Bob Montana. By 1941, comics were selling $50 million a month thanks to their exciting stories and being a cheap form of entertainment during World War II. Wonder Woman debuted in All-Star number 8 in December of 1941. While not the first female superhero in comics, that was the Black Fury in April of 1941, she is the one who set the standard for all to follow and became an instant hit. Quality Comics introduced the Spirit and Police Comics number 11 to comic books on September 42 and later got his own book to Spirit in 1944, along with the first appearance of his regular black character of a, reg- of the, of a regular black character in Ebony. Now, I should warn you, if you ever look up this character, he is unfortunately indicative of racist attitudes at the time, but he does tell the distinction of being the first regular black character in comic books. Star Spangled Comics number 7 introduced the Newsboy Legion and the Guardian by Joe Simon and Jack Kirby, another shield-bearing hero by them. By 1943, comics were estimated to sell at $30 million a year with up to $25 million selling per month. Max Gaines left D.C. in 1944 and found educational comics with the intention to educate readers. It would later become entertaining comics under his son, Bill, best known today as E.C. Comics. Superboy made his first appearance in More Fun Comics number 101 in 1945. As stated at the beginning of this episode, the end of World War II in 1945 is considered the end of the Golden Age comic books. During the war, comics were a chief source of entertainment and extremely popular with soldiers who, as as today, are very young. Sales started to peter out as the war ended, though, and though still steady. However, the success of this until now unregulated medium had drawn some unwanted attention from parents, doctors, and worst of all, the government. Than a new day pancake. 
more fun than a super kick party. It's the wrestling podcast from the host who is the hammer swinging, burrito eating, well you know the rest, of Thunder Talk. Sexy. It's the Ring of Thunder, found in the Thunderverse and among the great podcasts of the ESO Network. And now is January 18th, 2024, time for Favorite Comp of the Week. Night Doing number 110 by Tom Taylor and Sam Basri, which uh, ties into the larger Beast World uh, story arc that's been going on during the DC Universe, in which various spores are infecting various uh, villains and heroes throughout uh, the DC Universe, turning into weird creatures. And in this one, Nightwing teams up with Jonathan Kent, the son of Superman, to track down Damian Wayne. He's been turned into a half-man, half-cat uh, creature due to the spore, and is being called Mr. Middens and fighting it in a, a fight arena. Yes, it's as funny as it sounds, and it's a great little, but it's still a fun little kind of emotional story because you see Dick Grayson Nightwing desperately trying to find his brother, uh, Damian Wayne, who, of course, and they've really developed a Bat family at this point where he identifies Damian as his brother and that Batman as his dad, which is really great because th- that's something Taylor brings to the, the book is that, you know, seeing that that family dynamic is really kind of raises the stakes. Like, uh, unlike, uh, for some reason, people think that adding and giving a superhero a family lower, like, takes away the stakes. No, when you have something a family, something to fight for, it raises the stakes, which something you wish the current editors and writers at Spider-Man would uh, figure out. Well, Amazing Spider-Man, Ultimate Spider-Man is, uh, definitely know what they're doing. But, uh, yeah, but Nightwing, great story. Tom Taylor, continue the, this, the great, great story in general. Great tie into the Beast World where it doesn't really factor in the overall event, but takes advantage of the story arc in general. Love the character of Mr. Menendez. And, of course, the artwork is nicely constituted by Sam Basri. Not quite out to Bruno Rodonda, who really shows off his stuff with the cover, which just takes that the classic uh, woman scaring at a cat meme to brilliant effect and probably one of the best covers ever. You just have to see it. Worth the, worth the price of the comic alone, but just a great read in general. So, yeah, if you're looking for a good comic this week, definitely check out Nightwing number 110. And with that, yeah, we're continuing a little blast from the past, going back and dusting off the old archives, and uh, I'm having a little fun listening to these old episodes too, seeing how you're far, how far I've come or how far I've gotten gotten away from. I don't know if these episodes are better or worse, uh, but it's fun to do the research and seeing where we go. And we'll continue doing that. Uh, of course, I'm still working on the current season. Might dig up a few more classics along the way. And of course, the archives are going to be based on more themes and so forth, depending on the events around the world. But we're in there. We're just dusting off the original ones and see how we like it. But until uh, then, go out and enjoy yourself a good comic book. And definitely, uh, once again, check out the Nightwing number 110. Very, just a great reading, general. general.